You're listening to The Thrive Podcast, where every week we dive into a practical, tactical tip to bring you from a life of simply surviving to thriving. It's personal development for the everyday girl who is done with coasting through her days, done with feeling like she's missing out on the deeper meaning of her own life, and done with mediocrity once and for all. Because it's not enough to simply survive, you deserve to thrive. Welcome back to Thrive. If you're a mom, I'm sure these words have left your mouth. I just don't have time. Here's the thing. Maybe you don't, but maybe you do, or you could, if you added a few new tricks or tools to your tool belt. Time momager extraordinaire Marissa Lonick is a mom of four and the founder of Mama Work It, where she helps busy moms juggle mom life, work life, wife life, fill in the blank life in a less overwhelming, more peaceful way. Today on Thrive, she's dropping real time management tips that actually work, as well as simple mindset shifts and sample scheduling changes that can help make managing it all a bit more realistic. Stay tuned through this episode, drop it five stars if you like what you're listening to, and welcome, Marissa. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Yes. Welcome to Thrive. Super excited to have you here. We're both passionate about so many of the same things, and we're both mamas, so this is going to be a treat. Give our friends the lowdown on who you are and where you were before creating and developing Mama Work It for fellow moms. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm Marissa Lonick. I'm the founder of Mama Work It, as you said, which is an organization that supports women in the juggle of mom life, work life, wife life, fill in the blank life. I am a mom of four. My kids are eight, eight, almost five and two. Um, I'm a wife. And how this all started for me was back in 2015, I was a mom of toddler twins. Um, I was, I think from the outside looking in, looked like I had it all together. You know, I was, I had a a great job. Um, I had a home, uh, you know, like everything was kind of in order, right? But internally something was off. Like I did not feel like I was thriving in that season. I felt like I wanted to grow in my career, but I was really, unsure, like if that was the right direction, because I really wanted to also show up as the best possible mom and wife at home and just have it all essentially. And I wasn't sure how to make that happen. And consequently, I always felt like if I took that step, I would never have the time because I'd be so focused in one area of my life versus another. And so I was sort of like just stuck. And so what happened? I got offered a huge job promotion that would require my family to, and myself, obviously, to move cross country. And at first I was like, ooh, exciting. Like, this is great. This is what I've wanted. And then all of those feelings started to kick in. And I was like, I feel now like I'm in survival mode. How am I going to feel if I now all of a sudden move us all into a new environment where none of us really know anyone, have a longer commute, a more challenging job, you know, how am I going to be thriving in all these areas of my life? It's not going to work. And I really convinced myself it wasn't the right step. So much so that I turned the opportunity down. Quickly regretted that decision, spent an entire weekend just plagued with regret, begged for the opportunity to be reinstated. It was, thankfully, we did move. What I realized in that 
transition, as with any transition, when we added to our family, pretty much any, any change that we underwent is managing your time doesn't get harder. It just gets different. It just gets different with every season you're in, when you're entering motherhood, when you get a new job, when you move, all of it. And I was able to instill some new methods, new ways to maximize my efficiency, new ways to be way more intentional than I had to be prior. And it helped me thrive in my new like environment, in my new success, you could say. And I felt the best part of all of it was I felt better about everything. Like I felt fulfilled. I felt like I was doing well, like I had it all. And so that was like the best part. And so I started a blog to help working moms in this environment who were maybe feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed, needed tips, needed support. And that really grew into mama work it now. That's awesome. I'm sure there's people listening who are already thinking like, all right, Marissa, give us the tips, give us everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think it's cool because many of us, I think, find ourselves in a similar spot at one point or another, feeling like we have to choose between being a good mom or being a good worker in our respective jobs or careers. And it doesn't feel like something that can truly mesh. It kind of always feels like something's got to give. Do you think there's truth in that? Or do you think that there's some, that's something we should just dispel right off the bat? I think those excuses, those feelings are valid. I don't want to say that they're not real and they don't feel like they can truly take over your happiness in those seasons. I have felt them myself, so I can really empathize. Yet I also am on the other side of that and have been on the other side of that. And I feel like there's so many ways that we have control over those situations to change them. Like we don't have to feel overwhelmed by these things. We can completely shift doing some really simple things to be empowered and honestly feel like we have all those things because in the end, if you feel like you have to choose between one or the other, what happens? You're resentful in some way, shape, or form. So if you choose your family, you're resentful that you haven't put your own goals, your own ambition, your own dreams on, on the schedule, on the plate there, right? As part of your life. If you choose your career and you feel like you're not giving enough at home, right? You feel like you're just not the right type of mom that you want to be. You're not showing up in that role. And I know, I think we can all agree if you are a mom listening that's rule number one, no matter what, even if you are juggling many things, it's the most important job that you have. So I do think those feelings are true and valid, but I also think it's really empowering once you learn how to change that and flip the script. Yeah, totally agree. All right. So give us some meat here then what have been some of the most impactful or most important things that have personally helped you, but then I'm sure that you also continue to help other women with all the time since this is like your whole bread and butter now. Yeah. All right. Well, how long we got? <laughs> <laughs> you can okay. break it down to like top five, top three, whatever yeah. you feel, whatever you feel is the best. All right. Well, let's start with something really, really simple that anybody listening can, can do. So I'm sure, I'm sure you find yourself saying, maybe not you particularly Erica, but maybe if you're listening, you find yourself saying these four words when it comes to your time every single day. Do you want to guess what those might be? I just don't have it. Yeah, I don't have time. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so many people say this all the time. I know I have been in times of my life where this was like on repeat, ad nauseum, day after day after day. It was just my standard answer 
when someone asked me about something that was probably something for me, probably something that wasn't like work-related or parenting-related or home-related, right? I don't have time. And what happens when you speak those words and you say them day in and day out, they become your truth. You start to believe them and it just starts to actually unfold as your reality because our thoughts and our feelings affect all the output that we put out there and sort of how the universe, how our environments react to us. So if someone asked me to go out for a girl's night, if someone asked me to go, you know, exercise or this or that, or I even convinced myself, I don't have time to work out. It was time for that. I don't have time for this. I was convinced this was my reality. Okay. But I'm going to challenge you. If you're the person who says these words to flip the script on them, to change the actual verbiage that you're using from, I don't have time to it's not a priority to me. And it is huge how impactful this one simple shift can be for you in your life. So let's quickly exemplify this. So let's take the exercise example, because I know I struggled with this. I know many of my clients struggle with this. Many people listening might also feel this way too. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to go to the gym, whatever it is you're saying, flip the script on that. Exercise isn't a priority to me. Now you're going to feel one of two ways when you say these words out loud. And in my opinion, either way you feel is winning, is winning. So on one hand, maybe you say these words out loud, going to the gym isn't a priority to me. Exercise isn't a priority to me. And you know what? All of a sudden you're like, well, you know what? It's not, it's not a priority to me right now. Maybe in this particular season you're in, it's just not making the cut. Maybe you've got a new baby at home. You're not sleeping through the night. Maybe you just started a new job and you're just really exhausted from the learning curve there, whatever it is, maybe just launched your business. And that is just your primary focus of all you can give at this moment. It doesn't matter, but speaking those words out loud and immediately feeling that shift of like all the guilt, all the shame, all the should be doing something else lifted is winning. You feel lighter. You feel more empowered. You're making that choice of what to prioritize. And right now that's not one of them and that's okay. So that's one way. The other way you might feel in that situation is you might feel actually the opposite. You might feel really icky speaking those words out loud. Exercise isn't a priority to me. My health isn't a priority to me right now. Getting in shape isn't a priority to me. And that doesn't sit well with you. That feels really misaligned. It doesn't feel good. So what do you do? You speak those out loud and all of a sudden you make it a priority. You figure out how to make that happen. You either wake up earlier, you go to bed later, you use a lunch hour, you do it when your baby's napping, you know, you fit in 10 minute increments here, there, and everywhere. And you make it a priority because it doesn't feel right. You want to feel good in order to do good. And that is one way to do that, to simply shift your priorities, shift your mindset around your time. Yes. It reminds me of the theory of, I believe it's called Parkinson's law. Have you heard of this? No. So the, it, the whole thing behind it is that from a psychological standpoint, we fill whatever period of time we are allotted. So, or a, and a task fills the, the amount of time that it is allotted. So the whole thing behind it is like, if you only have one hour, you'll get something done. Okay. Now give yourself seven hours, the whole day, empty schedule, you still might only get done that one task because we stretch it to fit the amount of time it's allotted. And I feel like that's the case with something like this too, where 
if sometimes, at least for me personally, my most productive days and when I get the most done are what on paper looks like the craziest, most hectic scheduled days where I have like meeting, then mom thing, then this thing, then this. And somehow I get more done across the board on those days than on days when my calendar is completely open, completely free, blank space. So something, I think that's, that's a a really good point there too, that you made. Um, because if it's a priority, it will get onto our calendar and we will make it happen. And just because you have the time, I'm putting air quotes here for everyone who can't see me, just because you have the time does not necessarily mean you're using it well. So that's the, that's a key stipulation there that I think is a really helpful mental challenge for everybody to just kind of sit with. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And you mentioned the list, you know, the list is important you know, because the list gives you clarity and without any sort of clarity on how you want to spend your time, you nailed it. You end up wasting it away. So we all get these pockets of time day in and day out, no matter how busy we think we are, how full our schedule looks, we all get pockets of time. And there's probably a lot of things running through your brain of things you want to get done. You'd like to get done. You wish you could get done. You hope you could get done, but never even either make it to the list or you don't feel are worthy of your time. And then often you'll end your day feeling like you were so busy, you were doing all the things, but you didn't actually do something that made you feel productive or fulfilled. So what I like to tell people is as a prerequisite to anything, when it comes to managing your time, you gotta have that clarity. You gotta have that clarity. And whether it's a list, like you said, that really works for you. Sometimes clients come to me and they're like, I've got the to-do list, but it's overwhelming AF. And like, I don't even know where to start. I'll say narrow down that list to three goals, three goals per day, get super clear on what those are. And you either schedule those in, or if you've got like, you know, you need to be more fluid and flexible. Anytime you get those five, 10, 15 minutes here and there, where you'd normally just pick up your phone and scroll or do something mindless, or like waste it, essentially fill it with garbage, you've got your laser focus list of what you're going to go to and get done. Yeah, that's really, really good. I'm curious, what is a sample schedule like for you? Or maybe one that you just see a lot and recommend that kind of exemplifies what it actually practically looks like to make it all happen, as we say, because I think there's so much confusion and disconnect Uh, with that phrase, especially when we're in this position or in a phase with our kids, when we feel like we're barely hanging on by a thread, um, let alone hanging on and managing multiple threads. Well, and people can be like, Whoa, what am I doing wrong that this girl's doing right where I'm barely managing the kids, let alone the kids, the house, the business relationships, and like all of the things. So even if we're in the mutual understanding that we can't do all of the things all the time for all the people, if we just want to be able to do what we have to do and do it as well as possible for the main responsibilities in our life, what do you kind of see that looking like from like an actual scheduling standpoint? Well, I will give you some general tips here because again, I think what works for me doesn't necessarily work for you or anybody else. Plus, I think our seasons change all the time, especially like in motherhood. And especially right now, we're recording this in the summer. My summer looks really different than like the academic school year of what a day looks like for me. 
So a few tips I'll give you if you're listening and you're wondering of what these practical hacks are. Number one, make sure you have a solid morning routine. This Mm, is imperative if you want your day to go the way you want it to go, because you're setting the whole tone of what the day looks like. Now, what does that mean? It means something different for everyone. Okay. So if you're someone who can do a 30 to 45 minute morning routine, and that is what you need, and that's going to make it work for you, go for it. If you're someone who literally has five minutes before you have to start serving the needs of others in your house, maybe you have like an early riser. One of your kids is an early riser or your job starts super early. That's fine too. Um, I will challenge you though. If you, even if you don't feel like you're a morning person and you are raising little people who like to wake up very early, try it, just try it. Don't knock it till you try it. Wake up before them, set an alarm, wake up before them. It is not in your best interest and in the right kind of morning routine to wake up with like a toddler's nose to your nose already asking for things, right? So, uh, so start your day with a solid morning routine. Now, what does that look like? Here are some tips that work for me. I try and get a workout in, in the morning, because I know personally that energizes me, that clears my head. That makes me feel like I've gotten something that I want to do for me off my list already in the morning. Uh, it doesn't have to be anything lengthy. Sometimes this is a 20 minute YouTube video. Sometimes it's a run on the treadmill, you know, whatever works for you. Hydrate. Don't even think about taking a sip of coffee until you've had an entire glass of water. I had someone on my podcast who said we dehydrate while we're sleeping simply by breathing. So it is really, really important that you fill your body with water. And I know that sounds, and I'm not a health coach or anything, but like something as simple as hydrating every day and drinking enough water makes you more productive, makes you more motivated, makes you more efficient. Like these are the simple hacks that we don't think about when it comes to getting things done. Feeling your best is an important factor in being able to do your best to give your best output. So what else would I say? If you can um, listen to something or like, I like to listen to something while I'm, while I'm working out, if it's not like a video I have to follow. Right. So I like to listen to a podcast. Maybe it's this podcast, something that helps me grow in some way. So something that develops me personally, something that helps me in my business, develop me professionally, even if it's just some music that I'm really listening to, that is really, really crucial and important. Don't listen to the news. Don't look at your social feed in your morning routine. Like these are the things you want to avoid because they really set the bar at a different height and a lower height, to be quite honest, than you want it to be. If you want to thrive in your day, don't watch the news before you've like done anything in your morning routine, because what does the news report on everything negative, everything sad, every, I mean, I watch the news and I cry and I barely watch it <laughs> for that reason. Not cause I, you know, want to feel sad, but I don't want to bring my vibration down to that level on a regular basis. I don't want it in the background of like making my norm be at that height. Mm-hmm. Uh, social feeds the same, you know, you don't know what you're going to come across in that algorithm and what it's showing you. You're going to start to feel comparisonitis. You're going to start to feel already defeated. Oh my gosh, this person's done these five things. I haven't even put my feet on the ground, you know, email inbox. Don't check these things before you've done something solid for yourself in a morning routine. So that's, that's one step I would absolutely recommend. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And that combined with effectively and intentionally using those little pockets and the margins in your day, I feel like those two things right there can make such an important impact 
it's like, we don't even need to give a whole full schedule for people. If you just take a, take a one small step forward with tweaking those and see, see where you're at, it'll be amazing. (laughs) Yeah. And the thing is you also, you don't want to do, you know, a huge shift at once because if you've ever done like a crash diet, for example, you know, you know, you're like all in on Monday, doing all the things, the 90 minute workout, you've, you've gone from like living a regular life to now being like a raw vegan. And by Thursday, you're like, oh my God, this isn't working, right? There's too much change at once. So I'm all about like one small step at a time, really implementing something, getting it to become a habit, getting it to stick, getting it to feel like part of your regular day-to-day norm, and then layering on more and more and more. Absolutely. So this, I think will be, I'm I'm curious to get your take on this. If you put your mom brain on first and foremost, what would be your best mindset shift that you'd recommend for becoming a better business owner? And then on the flip side, if you're thinking business owner first, what's your best mindset shift for becoming a better mom? Ooh, yeah. I love mindset work. So one thing I would say is replace the word. I'm all about replacing the words, I guess, too. And and it's not all I teach you guys, but I guess that's just what's coming up for me today. So one thing I would say is stop saying have to and start saying get to. Uh, You know, I for a long time when I was juggling a corporate career and motherhood and building my business, I used to say have to a lot because I felt indebted to have to do these things every day. I have to make the lunches. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to commute, you know, and then I shifted my mindset and I'm like, I get to, Hey, I get to like, I get to be part of this awesome meeting. Cause my opinion matters. I get to make these lunches. Cause I have a lot of kids here who need to eat. And that's a blessing. You know, I get to fold this laundry. That one is hard still for me, <laughs> but you know what? I get to do it. I have a washing machine. I have a dryer. I am blessed with lots of people who get their clothes dirty every day here. And <laughs> I get to do that. Right. So that is one shift I would say is just really going into a, a, a zone of gratitude. Even if you don't feel in this moment, you have all the things you want even if you feel like you're in a place where you are kind of stuck, once you put yourself in that zone, big shifts start to change around you. Really, really big shifts. Now that's been proven scientifically from like a vibrational standpoint. It's been proven even just like in your aura and what you're putting out there in kind of what you're getting back. Um, and just how you're able to even get like ideas flowing and things coming up for you. So I would say have to versus get to big shift, big thing. And even now, like as a business owner, um, sometimes my days get interrupted and I have to pick up my kids from a camp or from school. I like checked myself recently. and was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. For a long time, I wished I could pick my kids up from school. I was in a different city traveling for work or I was here, I was there. And like, I, all I wanted was to do something simple like that. And now I'm upset about this. No, no, no. I'm not upset. I get to do this and it's awesome. Yeah. I love that because it's not like you're saying, it's not like you're invalidating that some things may still be not your favorite thing in the world or may still be a slight inconvenience here or there, but it's just kind of allowing them to coexist and shifting your perspective ever so slightly where 
you're not, you're not saying you can never be bummed out about something or you can never not like folding the laundry. It's just a a helpful, healthy reminder that like, it is so much of this is still such a blessing. And like you said, if we are not careful, we can forget some of the things that we wished for, for so long once we have them. And we never want to lose sight of that because gosh, how disappointing that would be. So I think that's a really valuable reminder right there. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. How, from a practical standpoint, do you think of scheduling kids versus family life versus house things versus business things? Because I feel like sometimes when you're trying to do both or multiple, you might just look at your calendar or look around your house or around at all the people and just think like, wow, this is a circus. It's overwhelming AF. I don't even know where to begin. So do you have kind of like a process for literally managing the things where you're like, all right, first we're going to address this, then we're going to address this and kind of putting pen to paper or like onto the calendar, however people's systems work to actually start practically managing multiple things in some semblance of, you know, (laughs) non-chaos. Yeah. Many tips for sure. And, and one that comes to mind first and foremost is about the multitask. So a lot of, a lot of people feel, especially in this space of motherhood and juggling lots of things, like there's just, they just feel like they're multitasking all day long. Do you ever feel like that? Like, oh, totally. Yeah. 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 (laughs) And, and, you know, I'm sure you follow many successful entrepreneurs out there, personal development, professional development gurus. I do. And many of them will tell you point blank, Hey, don't multitask. Like I've heard this. I respect it. I hear it. I'm like, yeah, makes sense, right? Your mind is in another place. You're trying to do five other things. Like nothing feels like it gets done the right way. I feel frazzled. I feel overwhelmed. Solid advice. I get it. However, I'm a mom of four. You're a mom. We understand like if the multitask doesn't happen some days, it just doesn't get done. And that can't happen, right? We got to keep the house moving, the business moving, the kids moving, like all of it going. So what I like to tell my clients and what I practice in my own life here is I choose wisely what I multitask because I think that is really core down to the bottom line. Like you're able to then be as productive as you need to be, but also not feel like you're just waiting for, you know, one of those balls that you're juggling to to fall. So multitask the mindless is what I say and solo task the mindful. What does that mean? I think when I think mindless, I think things around the house, things I can do on autopilot, things that come so naturally, like I could probably do them with my eyes closed. So maybe that's, you know, house chores, laundry, dishes, prepping meals, things like that. Multitask those things with things that maybe bring you some joy in that moment. Maybe something like the podcast, listening to the podcast or chatting with a friend or, you know, um, just giving yourself white space to think, think about new ideas in your business. Think about not just all your to-do list, actually get creative in that moment and think. And I find that the tasks feel less icky. The, I feel like I've been able to get something productive for myself in on the schedule, which often is like at the bottom of the to-do list. And you know, what happens to things at the bottom of the to-do list, they rarely get done. So I say multitask those things And then the things that are really important to you, the things that you want to be fully present for, you know, the family dinners, the, um, the work projects that require your full 
thought and attention, you know, like all of those things that you're probably multitasking now here and there that make you feel overwhelmed and frazzled. Don't just really compartmentalize that, put that in a bucket, time block it, whatever it needs to be. Make sure it's during childcare hours that you don't have to juggle that with something else and set reasonable expectations for yourself. You know, um, I think especially as a business owner, you know, I don't know about you, but when I went into business for myself, I inherited like the worst boss. I am so hard on myself sometimes. And I have these expectations that when I was a boss in a different environment, I would never have on my team, on my employees, on my colleagues. So really just be reasonable with, you know, what, what can you get done? What's reasonable here? If you are able to do more, great. If you're not, feel done. Allow yourself to feel done for that day. Mm, so, so, so good. And I love that too, because I think this is something that people can do literally like make a, on a piece of paper. I think if you make columns of like, okay, these are the house chores that I can do mindlessly that need to get done. Now here's a few other things that I would love to get done that are more for me and then match them together. If it's something that can be multitask like that, like my best girlfriend and I will FaceTime while we are doing our makeup in the morning, because we can do both at the same time. Our makeup might take a little bit longer since we're chit-chatting, but we're getting the girl time in while we're doing something that we don't actually have to think about. And if we, we have tried uh, FaceTiming while we are like doing emails or something, which is an absolute disaster. Like neither one of us gets, gets it all done then. So if you can pair it with something that you do basically on autopilot, I think that is such an awesome tip. And I love that because it is so real because I think you're right. Scientifically speaking, multitasking does not work, but I think any of us who wear multiple hats, like you said, we know sometimes it's inevitable. And sometimes, especially if there's little people coming to you going, mommy, 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 while you're doing other things too, sometimes you have to figure out how to juggle multiple. And it's just physically and in every sense, impossible to completely shut one off, then completely turn one on. So I think that's a very practical way to be able to get multiple things done at one time, but still give the things that need to be monotasked the attention that they deserve. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And if I can add one more thing, I'll say, absolutely. I think that, you know, when you're in this space, society really puts moms on this pedestal of like, Hey, you can do it all. You're super mom. Like all those memes, all those things we're seeing. And the thing is, I don't know if you've seen the, the other, like kind of combating that on social media. I just came across this recently where where it was like a real, and she was like, no, but I don't, I don't want that title. I just want the help, (laughs) right? Like you gotta be comfortable and able to ask for and receive support. Yes. Because it's not sustainable to do that long-term. And even if you can do it long-term and I know you probably have, I know I have, I know many people have, are you happy doing it all? Are you actually happy in that season juggling all these things? right? What is one thing even today, one thing you can look at all the list of things that you're up to, all the list of things you're doing, one thing that you're like, man, it would be so helpful, make such an impact on my life if someone else took care of that for me and then delegate it and let it go. Let it go. Don't nitpick that they don't do it the same way you do. You know, don't feel guilty that you had to invest a little bit of your budget into that. You know, don't feel badly. If someone's doing you a favor, you will absolutely repay it in some, like if you're not doing it immediately, I'm sure you will just let it go. 
Yes. One of the best things we ever did was hire a housekeeper to just clean our house twice a month. (laughs) Like I, it it is the biggest blessing because I know I'm like, sorry, honey, the house is never going to get deep cleaned again. If we don't have someone helping me because it, but we looked at it from a sense of if we have one free Saturday on our entire family calendar for the month, do we want to be spending that cleaning the house all together, like scrubbing floors, or do we want to be doing a fun family activity together or going to just even just like hang out and play games together? We looked at it and we were like, you know what? It's a valuable investment for that sense, because we know that what we would be doing with that time otherwise is going to be intentional time bonding together, doing something fun for the family. And not that we can't also bond and have a, make it a fun time cleaning, but like, man, it, it's probably more fun to not be, <laughs> to not be cleaning the house, especially when you have a three and a half year old that we would be trying to convince to do it with us. So it is, it is absolutely a worthwhile investment. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, you said it, right. You're using that time that you're saving with intention. So time, it's not just about the hours, the minutes the you know, all it's about how you use it. And you're taking that time and you're able to do something really memorable. You're making memories with your family. You're going to the zoo, you're going to the beach, you're going wherever. And it's because you've been able to delegate something you would have had to do. Yes. So, so good for the mom feeling exhausted right now and really missing herself in the mix, because I know that this is also something I hear this from my audience all the time. I see it in girlfriends where you're kind of in the thick of it maybe weren't intentional for a period of time. And now you're really just feeling it where you're like, wow, I don't even know who I am anymore. Or just really feeling out of touch with something that, you know, you had at once upon a time, pre-kids probably. What is something that maybe she can or should prioritize today to kind of start getting back in touch with who she is at her core? If she's maybe forgotten her sparkle a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I would say it's so important and I'm going to throw this word out there and I know it's, I feel like it's overused at least in my world, but it is so important every day to practice some form of self-care. And again, I feel like I say it and I even kind of want to roll my eyes a little bit, but here's the thing about self-care, at least in my book, self-care is not just going to get your nails done getting a massage, you know, having a a night out with your girlfriends. It's not all the typical things or only the typical things you think of, right? Of course, those things count as self-care, but it can be something as simple, as simple as drinking a hot coffee alone in peace. It can be something as simple as taking an extra long shower with your favorite music on and like just letting that hot water like run and like being alone with your thoughts for those few minutes. It can be something as simple as a 20 minute walk outside, maybe pushing a stroller, maybe alone, you know? So it really, really is whatever is going to fill you up what you need in that moment. It can look different on different days. It can look different at different times of day, right? So the morning I love a workout in the morning, but if you asked me to work out at 8.30 at night, I'd be like, that sounds horrible. That does not sound like self-care to me during that time. So maybe brainstorm, like just word vomit, anything on a list that feels good to you. It doesn't have to all feel good to you today, but you know that once you do it, you feel awesome. 
sometimes it's like organizing your pantry, guys. I know that sounds crazy. Like, how good do you feel when you declutter something at home or like, you know, de-hoard like an area of your house that's been bothering you day in and day out? Make a list of all those things and then dedicate that you'll give yourself, you know, 15, 30, even an hour some days to taking one of those things and doing them for yourself. And you can kind of randomly choose. You can choose just what you need in that moment, a phone call to a friend, whatever that is. And just do one of those things for yourself every single day. Make that a priority. Yeah. Yeah. I call it a bliss list. I have a whole list of just things that bring me bliss. (laughs) So if it's, I mean, that could be slightly different than things that make me feel like me, but I think I'm such a fan of lists. Make make both. If you need to make a list of just things that make, bring you instant happy and bring you little bits of joy. And I also think it's helpful to literally write a list sometimes of these are things that I know about me are true. Like things that, things that, you know, you, you love and you've always loved it and you always will love it. And you'll start seeing on this list trends or just little ways that you can give yourself a pick me up. And I literally sometimes will think of it If you, if you know, your girlfriend is having a tough day and you're like, how can I, how can I make her smile today? You might send her like a little Starbucks card for her to grab a drink or like whatever, you know, she's going to like, but we're so hesitant to do the same sort of thing for ourselves when we are having off days. So it's, it's so helpful. I think to have it in front of you where you're like, all right, I know that this is what will bring a smile to my own face right now. And sometimes you just need to be the person to go, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to sit and I'm going to allow myself the hot cup of coffee that on the porch in peace and quiet that I would absolutely encourage my best friend to do if I knew she was having a hard day today. And you just have to like acknowledge that you are just as, just as worthy of that hot cup of coffee as anybody else. Yeah. I love that. Oh, I love it. Bliss list. So Mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Yeah. So Marissa, in closing things out, I want to ask you something I ask every guest on Thrive, which is what does Thrive mean to you and how do you strive to thrive in your everyday life? Yeah, I love that question. Um, Was not aware it was coming. So let me think about (laughs) how I want to best answer that. We don't script it, people. (laughs) Yeah, no, we don't. None of this is. Um, I would say really just living your best life, waking up energized, motivated, excited for the day ahead, going to sleep, feeling accomplished. Like you're closing out a great, another great day, not feeling defeated or exhausted or any of that. You can feel tired, but feel really accomplished and proud of yourself, right? There's a difference between like exhaust and defeat and tired and happy. So I would say starting and ending your day on those notes. And it doesn't mean that you don't have ups and downs throughout the day. Like I'm all about feeling the feels when they come up and when they happen and not like trying to suppress that. But overall, when I look at the day, the week, the month, whatever season I'm in, if I can feel that I'm thriving. I love that. I love that. So Marissa, tell everybody where they can find you online to connect with you further, find out more about what you do, your coaching, your courses, all that good stuff. Yeah. The best place to connect with me is my website. So it's www.mamaworkit.com. M-A-M-A. I am on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn at the handle, let mama work it on LinkedIn. I'm just Marissa Lonick. And I would say definitely subscribe. I send a weekly newsletter with time management tips for moms 
also have a podcast and a blog. I would love to connect with you. And I do free breakthrough calls. So if you're someone who really, really wants to like level up how you're managing your time, I call it time management. If you're a mom, make sure you book one of those and connect with me there. Wait, before you go, make sure you're subscribed to never miss an episode of Thrive. Drop five stars on your way out if you like what you just listened to and come join the party on Instagram at thrive.podcast to stay inspired and thriving all week long. Thanks for tuning in. It's your time to thrive.